Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Rachel Richards. Uh, Rachel is the author of two books um, that have done really, really well. So um, first book is called Money, Honey. The second one is called Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement. Great title. Uh, at 27, Rachel quit her job and retired and uh, is now living off of $15,000 per month in passive income. It's probably more than that now that her books have done so well, um, but that's what's on her Amazon bio. Uh, and uh, she's on a mission to empower uh, female millennials to take control of their financial future. Um, so fun fact, Rachel and I met originally way back at, I think it was originally at a How Elride conference. Yeah, best Enjoy. ever. Yeah. <laughs> so best year ever conference. And so Rachel read the first edition of published um, and used that to, I think, to, to write and publish Money, Honey, which was mm -hmm. the first book. That's right. Yep. And kind of a, a fun full circle moment. We were just talking before the interview. Obviously, if you're listening or watching, you know, you probably know that the brand new edition just came out of published. So really cool. We're going to be talking about a few things today. Um, so, I mean, how did she use the book to publish her book? How is her, her book sold so well? She's got over 2000 reviews cumulatively between her books, maybe some stuff on reviews. I think we might need to get, get into Instagram, to TikTok, to audiobooks. I mean, there's a lot we can cover. Um, so Rachel, great to have you here. Yeah. Thanks Chandler. I'm excited to talk. So were you already working on your first book? Um, when you saw me speak at best year ever, was it kind of sparked by that? Where was that kind of in your author journey? Yeah. By the time we met, I had already published both of my books. No way. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I self-published Money, Honey in 2017, and it was oh. something I'd always wanted to do. Um, you probably know the statistic better than me, right? Like how many Americans want to write a book? Isn't it 83% or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So 80%. many people write a book. And I had this thought, I used to be a financial advisor and I had this passion of really wanting to help people with their money but I didn't like the cold calling and the sales aspect of being a financial advisor. So I wanted to figure out a different way to do that. Um, I had this idea of writing a book, but who knows how to write a book, right? I mean, I had no clue what to do. Um, so I searched on Amazon, you know, how to self-publish, how to write a book, whatever. I found your book and I started reading it. And I still have this picture of myself holding the book in January, 2017, like holding published uh -uh. And being like, okay, this is the day that I'm starting to write my manuscript and I'm doing my mind map and I'm doing everything. And that's when I started writing the draft for Money, Honey. No way. Yeah. So that sparked it. And then we ended up meeting it after, after. So that kind of sparked the book writing journey. You wrote the book, you published them. And then, then mm -hmm. we met. Uh, I yeah. Guess the ever. Yes, exactly. Cause that no was way. 2019, I think Yeah. that we met. Yeah. yeah. I was so excited to meet you. Cause you'd had such an impact on my life and I have these two books that bring in, um, I'm super transparent about my income. So you can ask me about that, but I bring in now for like between four and $10,000 a month in profit from my two books. And it's That's just awesome. completely changed my life. Yeah. 
So we're on that. Where, where does most of the royalties come from? One book or the other, one format or the other? What does that look like? It's about 50-50. But mm-hmm. interestingly, my bookkeeper told me that sales of my second book, which I published two years later, mm-hmm. have just actually now surpassed sales of my first book, Money Honey, mm-hmm. which surprised me. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know if it's a more... Um, so passive income aggressive retirement is more about, you know, achieving financial independence, early retirement. There's real estate investing in there. So I don't know. It's a little bit more advanced. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I was yeah. surprised. I think Money Honey is is a stronger book in terms of the writing. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe you all can read both and tell me which one's, which one's better. <laughs> yeah. What um is one more specific in topic than the other? Is one more broad and one more specific, or are they both pretty specific on topic? Any other differences that you can you can think of? Money Honey is about personal finance, so budgeting, debt payoff, investing in the stock market. Passive income is basically here are twenty eight passive income streams that you can create and how to start building them. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like they're both sort of general, but my whole writing style is. I make these normally complex topics into something that's sassy and fun and simple. So that's how mm-hmm. I stand out from other personal finance and real estate investing books. Got it. So you feel like you, you've got a unique voice and take where that relates to people in a way that if that's the thing, they relate with it and, and they say, Hey, I want to read Rachel's books. If not, then cool. That's covered elsewhere in the, in the finance world. Yeah, exactly. But one thing that I think helped money, honey succeed is there's thousands of personal finance books, right? Thousands of them. And if you can't articulate, why would someone want to buy my book over the thousands that are already out there? You're going to have a really hard time selling it, no matter how well-written it is, right? Somebody can write a bad or decent book. And if it's marketed really well, it'll sell. On the other hand, I'm sure there's thousands of books that are really well-written and life-changing, but they don't sell well because someone doesn't know how to market it. So with, with money, honey, I was looking around and all my family and friends were coming to to me for financial advice at the time. And that's what I love to do. And I also began to wonder, well, why aren't they listening to podcasts or reading articles or learning on their own? I mean, that's what I love. And then I realized I had this aha moment and I was like, oh yeah, personal finance is boring, right? For most, <laughs> it's, it sucks. It's overwhelming. It's intimidating. No wonder people don't like to learn about it. So I thought to myself, how can I make this fun and sarcastic mm. and simple? And that's where the idea came from. So I started writing it immediately. Got it. And then kind of uh, fast forwarding a little bit. So, so you wrote the book. As someone, I mean, I don't think you had a big platform at the time. Now it seems like this has been a big part of building a platform. How did you sell so many copies of the first book? What worked well? I had zero platform. No one knew who I was. I didn't have an Instagram. I didn't have an email list. Yeah, I had nothing starting out. Um, What worked well is I followed your launch strategy and publish. So you laid out a couple different launch strategies I decided per the recommendation to go with the free launch strategy, which I think is very, very smart for somebody that has no platform starting out. Um, It's hard enough trying to sell something when you have no platform and no trust and credibility. So it makes more sense to give away the ebook for free for the first few days. And then once you do that, and once you get into enough hands, it's going to start to spread word of mouth as long as you've done a good job and you've written a good book, right? So you have to think in terms of the long game, not the short game. Like, yeah, you're giving up book royalties in those first few days, 
But if you do the launch correctly, that's going to help you gain a lot of long-term momentum and have success in the following weeks and months. So that's what I did. And it worked really well. And here's the other thing I did. Um, You talk about building a launch team. And I'll admit, I was not fully convinced on that I could do this because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a platform. So I didn't build a formal launch team the way I should have, but I, I kind of did it accidentally. So here's what I mean. I was in some Facebook groups as a really engaged member and they weren't necessarily finance related. One of them was more political, but my target audience was in them. My target audience was female millennials. So I was a really engaged member. Every now and then somebody would ask a finance question and I would jump on the thread and I would say, Hey, I'm Rachel. I'm a former financial advisor. Here's what I think. And I would draft out a really long, detailed, helpful response. After doing that enough, people would start to recognize that I was adding a lot of value and they would tag me whenever someone asked a question in these Facebook groups, they would say, Oh, you need to ask Rachel or, Oh, Rachel Richards is your girl. So I gained this credibility and this clout over these months where I was also writing my book. And whenever anybody asked a question, they would tag me. And I became known as this finance guru in these Facebook groups that had thousands of female millennials. Mm. So when I had the idea for my book and I went in the group and I was like, Hey, you all, I'm thinking about writing this book. What do you all think? And all of these women were like, Oh my gosh, Rachel, you have to write a book. You make finance Mm. so easy to understand. Like, please write it, you know, take my money basically is what they were saying. So I did that, you know, I I went to these groups and I did polls for my title and my subtitle. I had them help me figure out my cover. So it was kind of like I had an informal launch team without having an actual launch team. So it all ended up working out the same anyways. That's cool. And that's, it's funny. I don't think this chapter was in the original um, version of, of published. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but you, you were doing, um, it's, it's the building buzz, right? Like right, ah. the, the red carpet experience, right? Like showing people the journey. Um, I'm trying to look, yes. oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, chapter 14, sharing your author journey, the building buzz checklist. So saying, Hey, I'm thinking about writing a book. What do you guys think? Okay. Now I'm choosing the title. What do you guys think? Okay. Now, what do you think about the cover, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're building kind of this movement along the way. Really, really smart. Was that one of the biggest things that helped um, during launch week or were there other, so that the free launch, was there anything else that was a major needle mover of copies at kind of out of the gates for the very first book? Um, I think those are the two big things. And then another thing is I was doing a lot of one-on-one outreach. So you, you can't just sit back and be passive about this. You have to be confident enough to stand behind your book and ask people to buy it. So I was text, I texted, I think every contact in my phone, like even, I didn't even remember all the contacts in your phone, right? Who knows? Like the random people on your phone, I was texting every contact in my phone, telling them, Hey, go download, download my book. It's free. Please leave me a review. You know, I was really hounding the reviews from the get go. And I would say, Hey, here are all the free ways you can help me with this book launch right? You can leave a review for free. You can download my ebook for free. You can share the link on your Facebook page for free. So there's a lot of ways you can support a small female business owner, self-published author for free. If you want to help me with this, Um, I was just giving people a lot of ways they could support me, but yeah, I was sending them Facebook messages, texts, LinkedIn messages. Like I was kind of shameless in a way, but it definitely helped me with my launch. Cool. So a lot of one-on-one outreach, it sounds like. Yeah, definitely. 
Nice. And, and did you get a lot of responses from that? And, and especially like the, the, the Facebook messages and the going through all your contacts, was there a pretty high response rate and people following through on that? Or was it kind of more of a numbers game and 10% of them followed up and, and actually did something? What, what did that look like? I think it was, it was definitely a numbers game, especially with people who I hadn't talked to in years. Um, yeah. But one thing that was good was anytime I would make a post on Facebook or in a group about the book and there was a lot of engagement, I would save the post. So then months later, when I actually launched, I would go back on the post and anyone who had commented or expressed interest or whatever, I would then message them one-on-one. And I'd be like, Hey, you know, I, I know you saw the post that I did a few months ago. The book is now out. Would you mind, you know, helping me by doing this? So I was just kind of being diligent and keeping track and following up with anyone who had interacted with me in any way. Yeah. That's really, really smart. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Um, so let's, uh, well, I want to touch on reviews a little bit, a few more thoughts. And I want to zoom out kind of selling books as a whole. So you've got 1200 reviews on Money Honey, uh, and I want to say 800 plus on um, Passive Income Aggressive Retirement. How have you done it? I mean, you've, you've alluded to that with something like one-on-one outreach and, and follow-up for reviews. What else has worked well? Anything specific to get reviews on your books? Yes. One-on-one outreach was huge the first few months and the first few weeks. I just was relentless with that. The second thing I did, there's a lot of things I did wrong too, Chandler. We should talk about mistakes for sure because I did more things wrong than I did right. Um, one of the things I did right is I did have freebies in my books. So in the very first pages, like you recommend in published, um, in the sneak preview, all throughout the books, I have freebies. Um, what I did wrong is that I never emailed people for like a year and a half because <laughs> I didn't have anything to sell. So I was like, why would I email them? But I did at least have an automated welcome sequence. So for the first year and a half after I published my book, my automated welcome sequence was basically like, hey, I'm Rachel. Thank you so much. But then it was basically a three-part series of asking them to leave me a review. Nice. So it was probably super annoying, but also it was effective because I got a lot of reviews from doing it that way. And at least I was sending them something. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And for um, people who are curious about um, that strategy specifically, um, check out chapter 20, page 160. And the new version of published talks about a review sweeper. Um, so the, I mean, that is, that is really smart and it's cool to hear kind of one, two, three, four, whatever, how many of our years later, because that's the powerful thing about that review sweeper, the automated email sequence is it just keeps sweeping in reviews week after week, month after month, year after year. So powerful. And by the way, I cannot say enough good things about published and you all Chandler did not ask me to say this, but like anytime somebody asks, how did I self-publish and why are these so successful? I just, 
tell them about your book Chandler, because it was so good. And it's literally the only thing I did. I didn't have another coach or another course I followed. I just read your book and now I have these two really successful books. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. (laughs) You tell me it's somebody, I feel like it was you or someone on my team said there was, there's a page in your book or something that mentions published. Oh yeah. In passive income, aggressive retirement. I talk about, because part of the, part of the passive, I haven't seen it yet. Um, let me see. Yeah. Part of this is the passive income streams where I talk about, um, you know, how to have a passive income stream from writing a book oh, through books, and yeah. where sense. is it? I'll have to maybe send it to you after. It's I don't okay. know where it is. Yeah. You can send it to me after. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk. Um, let's see a few other things on just the book sales side of things. So it seems like your audiobook is done pretty well. I, I feel like I've just I feel like I remember seeing it pop up as suggestions and stuff in Audible. Um, anything specific that you've done to point people to audiobook sales and what is kind of audiobooks look like as a percentage of overall royalties for you? Yeah, audiobooks have been amazing. I did not have an audiobook when I first launched my books. Um, I don't know if that was a mistake or not because obviously, People who listen to audiobooks are a huge portion of the segment um, of overall readers. But it was nice because when I finally released the audiobook for Money Honey, like two years after the fact, it was kind of like I got to have another mini launch. Yes. And it was another reason I got to promote and have more excitement. So there's benefits to doing it right away and benefits to doing it later. I don't know which one's better. But it's been great. So, in terms of the most popular formats, paperback has always been the most popular. And then audiobook is kind of a close second and ebook just does, has never performed very well for me. So that's how it's been. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's genre specific? Do you think that's how you market it or something else? I don't know. Cause I haven't pushed or marketed it one way or another specifically. I haven't really thought put much into that strategy at all. Yeah. Have you done much with uh, audible bounties and marketing that at all or no? No, no. Have you? A little bit. Um, okay. I'm doing it a lot more now. Um, yeah. It just kind of passively happens. And so for those who are listening or watching and don't know, um, so if you basically, if someone tries, does an audible subscription or, or trial, right. And your book is the first book that they purchase. Um, and then they stick on after that, you get a bounty. Amazon adjusts It's 50 bucks, 75 bucks, hundred bucks. Um, they kind of adjust back and forth. I think the current one is 75 bucks or something about that. But for years, I mean, I've, I've kind of been getting, couple hundred or in some cases, a few hundred bucks a month on, um, audible bounties, which, and, and that's not really aggressively marketing them. But one thing I've done that might be helpful for you, Rachel, as well, because I know you do, um, a lot of social media stuff as well. And so it's, it's, is set up a short link. That's just very easy that, that redirects to your audible bounty code. Mm-hmm. And so it's a way, it's the easiest way for people to get a free copy of your audiobook, And, if they sign up for a trial for, for audible, like either they already have it. And so they can just spend a credit on it or they don't and have audible and they can do a trial or subscription. Right. Yeah. So for like, for me, it's published book. Um, so published book.com forward slash audible. That's a good idea. It it makes it simple. It makes it easy. And then, um, one thing I've done, I've experimented a little bit, not a ton. And you probably know this as well, but you get 25 free codes. Mm-hmm. And so just doing that as a giveaway and say, Hey, I've got some free codes who wants one. And, um, and I'll ask you to leave a review for the book and actually listen to it like that sort of thing. But then for everyone who doesn't have audible, I don't even have to use a code. I can just give them an audio book for free. 
Yeah. By, by them trialing Audible or by them using a credit, right? So it's kind of a, it's an interesting thing that I'm trying to do more of because I feel like for people like us that do a lot of audio or video heavy content, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty straight bridge over to, okay, that person probably would listen to an audio book versus read a physical copy. Yeah. So, good call. I, I can be, definitely be doing more with that. So thanks for the tips. Yeah, no problem. So let's talk Instagram, TikTok. You've done a lot on that. I think over 200,000 followers on TikTok, Instagram, 37 something thousand followers. Is that more of a grow your business play? Is that using that to sell books is a little bit of both? Like, I mean, obviously social media was kind of part of how you launched, but what's worked well and how is that incorporated with the book and with the business? Yeah, the platform growth came after my book launches. So I want to say that because you don't have to have a big platform to have really, really successful books by any means. Um, Even with my second book, I only had like 3000 Instagram followers by then and I didn't have a TikTok at all. So Let's so just to get that out of the way, but the platform growth has definitely helped me sell more books. Like every year, I sell more and more books, so it's been really helpful. I mean, really, I just want to create a sales funnel and get more people into the sales funnel and then build a strong sales funnel. So, after the books, the next step for me was okay, what's the next thing I can offer people? So, then I created my first course, which was get your financial bleep together. So, you know, my whole thing is to have a lot of fun. Um, and then I created a real estate investing course, and now I have a mastermind. And so, I just want to have as many people follow me and get my freebies and sign up and get into my sales funnel as possible. But I don't. I don't overly sell or promote on my Instagram because I don't think that's the purpose of it. I think my Instagram is another way to do two things. Number one, to give a lot of value and to give a lot of free content. I think any business you run, you need to figure out how you can add value first before asking for anything in return. So I'm always trying to do that. I'm trying to make people laugh and I'm trying to teach them about finance and real estate investing. And number two, I think my Instagram is a way for the people who've already read my books to connect with me personally and to just learn about who is Rachel, what is she like personally? And it's just a way for them to get to know me. Yeah. And it almost seems like a, um, a, a flywheel of, okay, people who find you through social, the best way to go deeper is to read or listen to the book. And then when they do that, they can do business with you, but then also vice versa when they uh, listen to or read the book they say, Oh, I'll, I'll follow Rachel on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. I get to know more about her and then move into the business side of things. So it kind of keeps, keeps the flywheel spinning. Is that yeah, for sure. Exactly. I mean, my goal on my Instagram is hopefully they'll sign up for my email list. Hopefully they'll right. download my freebie. They like following me. They want to download my free stuff and they sign up for my email list. And then eventually they'll, if they haven't already, they'll buy my book or they'll sign up for one of my courses. Cool. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, what, um, how do you grow so quickly on TikTok? And has that moved books <laughs> or no? Um, my favorite question, cause it's a funny story. <laughs> Brian Cohen asked me this recently. So I had to tell him this story. Um, it was an accident. And I know that's really annoying to say, like I went viral on accident, but it was, <laughs> I didn't mean to, um, my little sister convinced me that I needed to download TikTok and start making TikToks. And it was the one thing I was like, I just want to have something that's fun for myself. And I don't want it to be business related. I don't want to make finance content. So I started by making the silly content for my sisters. I was like, I'm just going to make stupid stuff. It wasn't about finance. It was like personal stuff, me and my husband, whatever. I made this stupid video. It's the ninth video I ever made about how I didn't know how to do my makeup. 
And I was like, I'm a millennial. I'm 29. I haven't updated my makeup in 10 years. Like, help me. And it went viral and it got like two and a half million views. (laughs) And all these people were commenting and I got like free makeup from companies and stuff. And it was this whole thing, (laughs) like this huge finance influencer, Michaela duetted it and everything. Anyways, I got 35,000 followers overnight. Um, And at that point I was like, well, it would be stupid for me to not utilize this at this point for my business. So I transitioned it to a finance thing. I started making finance videos. Those went viral. Um, And then within like six or eight or 10 months, I I grew to 200,000 followers. So now it's fully a finance TikTok. But if you scroll back far enough, you can see those embarrassing early videos. (laughs) Nice. And so does that, I mean, is that kind of attraction channel, content channel similar to Instagram? Does it bring people into the ecosystem, email list, buying books, et cetera? Or is it more just a content channel? Yeah, definitely. I have seen a huge correlation to book sales from TikTok, especially when a video goes viral. The thing is, I still don't know to this day, like what makes a TikTok go viral. And other TikTokers will tell you that too. It is so random. You'll put together the most clever, funny TikTok and you'll be like, oh, this is going to go viral. And it doesn't. And then the one that you put zero thought into, of course, goes viral. So there are definitely some keys that I could tell you, keep it as short as possible. 10 to 15 seconds is better. Have a really strong hook. You have to draw people in within the first three, three seconds of the video, use the trends, use the audios, do something funny. Um, You have to be a consumer of TikTok Mm. yourself to produce a good TikTok. So I spend time watching TikToks as well. Um, There's a lot of things that goes into it to make a good TikTok. But yeah, when a video goes viral, I definitely see a corresponding increase in my book sales. Hmm. Um, and an increase in my Instagram followers. Got it. So two-part question there. How does someone go from TikTok to buying your book? Um, and then what, what would be an example of a video that maybe went viral or was good for book sales that you can kind of directionally see? Like what are the, cause I feel like a lot of people be thinking, okay, well, if I'm just talking about my book, that's pretty boring. Like how would I make that into something that's an engaging piece of content? And then how would people go from there to, to purchasing the book? Okay. So for how people buy the book from TikTok is I have my link tree basically. So on my link tree, the first thing is always your freebies. I mean, really the goal is to get people on your email list, but then I have, you know, order money, honey on Amazon, order passive income on Amazon. So people can easily order my book straight from my TikTok. And then secondly, one of my early videos that went viral was kind of this inspirational video telling my story. So it was, you know, I, four years ago, I was working for this emotionally abusive female boss and it was all these pictures. So, and then it was me talking over it. Um, and it was this motivational music in the background and then I quit and then I invested in real estate and there was a picture of my first duplex. And then I self-published my first book and there was new clips of me speaking on the news and starting to have all this success and then me traveling all over the world. So it was very inspirational and kind of like gave you goosebumps and that went really viral. And then people were like, Oh, what's your book? I want to look up your book. So that one translated to a lot of book sales for me. Um, I've had other ones too, just like a random video of me talking about my book sales themselves, where I showed a picture of my KDP dashboard and I had made $10,000 or something one month. And I just talked about my book sales and a little bit about that. And that went viral. And then I got more book sales from that. So it can just be a lot of different things. Mm, that's great. 
Now, switching gears a little bit, I kind of in the home stretch, got a few final questions. So um, I noticed you launched an update version of Money Honey, uh, and I think it was September of 2020, which pretty prevalent and relevant. Um, and this is something I've been just kind of like really curious about is, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to, up, to, to relaunch a book. And this is something that I think people listening, watching, I talk about it in this book um, after launch. And then we talk about it all the time at self-publishing school, but I feel like people are so hesitant to do it. Like, what do you mean relaunch? Like I already launched the book. Like I'm just going to move on to my next project. Um, and, and not really, I think understanding um, the power of the relaunch, why to do it, how to do it, all that stuff. So why did you relaunch money, money, honey? How did it go And any big takeaways or lessons that you learned in that process? Yeah, that's a great question, Chandler. I, as my first self-published book there, like I said, there was a lot of things I did wrong and a lot of reasons I legitimately had to republish it. One of the biggest mistakes I made when I first published Money Honey is that I did not have my own domain or website set up. So I was using MailChimp's, MailChimp's links to gather email addresses, which means I had no control over changing the URL. And it was one of those eeturl.com slash one E-L four H. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but the amount of people that could not sign up for my freebie was astonishing. I lost so many subscribers because people couldn't type it incorrectly. Oh, yeah. And so the URLs throughout the book, it was just a disaster. So I knew that was going to be a problem, like a long-term problem that I needed to correct. Um, also, I did all of the interior formatting by myself the first time. I do not recommend that. Um, one of my problems is that I'm too cheap. Okay. I am too frugal and being cheap can cost you a lot more money in the long run. I remember like 12 hours before launch of Money Honey crying, trying to figure out Microsoft Word style formatting, whatever, trying to get the last of this formatting so I could upload the manuscript on KDP. It was the most stressful week of my life. So you all, you need to hire good people on your team, like a yes. cover cover designer, interior formatter, um, editor, all of those people. You, you cannot do that on your own, which yeah. brings me to the next thing that I did on my own was the initial cover of this. I don't even know if, if you ever saw it or found it online, but I also designed the initial cover of Money Honey on my own on Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it honestly was not as bad as some covers I've seen, yeah. but part of the problem was that Money Honey was on the bottom yep. and you, you want the book title on the top. Yes. Um, it was, the subtitle was on the top and the title was on the bottom and that was confusing. Yep. So like there was just a lot of issues with, I, I can't believe it did so well in spite yep. of all those issues, it still did so well initially. Um, so there was a lot of things I wanted to correct. I wanted to update a lot of the financial stuff and the statistics. And I wanted to add a forward in. Um, I was still small in my platform. And I thought that having a really, really big finance influencer and another woman could really add credibility to the book. So mm. yeah, it was a good strategic move for me. And it was, again, another reason to have another launch, have more excitement, have more sales, have a really big boost. And I'm really, really happy I did it. Nice. I was going to ask you a follow-up on that. So you had the Ford, uh, I think it was Paula Pant of Afford Anything. Mm -hmm. um, worth it, not worth it, benefits of Afford and, and any advice for others who are wanting to maybe get someone to write Afford um, for their book, how you did it? 
Yeah, I think that it was beneficial to me because she is so much bigger than me in my space. And that's, I wanted to, I, I basically made a, a wish list of here are the five women who I want, because I wanted a woman to write my forward. Here are the five on my dream team that I wanted. Paula Pant was number one. And then I had people like Farnish Tarabi and some other really big names. So I reached out to them and I just agonized over this email and how to write it. And I just, you know, I had been following Paula Pant for years. So it was a very personalized, meaningful email that I wrote to her. Um, and she responded and basically accepted right off the bat. So I was like no fangirling. Way. I was like, oh my gosh, Paula's going to write my forward. It was so yeah. cool. Um, and, you know, I think one thing that I wish I had done a little bit better was just kind of laid out expectations. You know, mm. don't be afraid to ask them to do something for you. you know, I think I was afraid to ask them to do anything because them writing a forward, I felt like was already so much, but it, it would have been. I think nice if I had said like, Hey, would you be willing to share a post about this? Or would you be willing to do a giveaway? So it could have been more of a team effort. I, I was just thinking of myself, I think as so small, but yeah. like you have a lot to add to this person too. So don't think of yourself as so small. I mean, you're going to be really big someday too. And so I think just laying expectations of what you might want this person to do for you um, is helpful starting out. So cool. just communicating more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And anything special that you think got the yes, or it was just because it was a personalized outreach. You were obviously a fan. Did you make, did you do anything to make it easier for her? Oh, I, I try to have as many people put in a good word for me as, as I could that knew her. Cool. Cause I didn't know her directly. So yeah. um, Jamie masters of eventual Mil millionaire. I had just been on her podcast and they, I guess they were really, they're really close friends. So she texted her for me and oh, I had other people cool. like nice. tell Paula, like, Hey, you need to write this forward for Rachel. So I, I tried to do that as much as possible. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, final couple questions I have. So what was the most helpful part of reading published um, that helped with, with your books, looking back? The most helpful part was it just laid the groundwork it, because I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how and published. It was such a simple guide of, okay, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this. And what I remember most too, was the mind map. It was like, how do you take all these ideas from your brain into a finished manuscript? So I loved the way that you had us do the mind map into the sections, into the outline, into the writing, the first draft like that to me was so helpful. And I had a first draft very, very quick. I don't remember how quickly I wrote it. Um, I can talk about imposter syndrome if you want me to, but that was so, so crucial for me just to get pen to paper and to actually make it a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When then you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel and you start mm -hmm. to believe that it's possible which yeah. helps you get over imposter syndrome and yeah. you realize like, Hey, this is actually happening. It was so exciting. I remember um, once I did the mind map and the sort of the sections and the outline, I think the first day I wrote 5,000 words or something. And I was, oh yeah, it was a lot. I was yeah. so excited. And I just knew like this, like I'm really onto something here and it's actually going to happen. So that's awesome. What a cool story. And for those of you who are listening or watching, that's chapter five. I talk about the magic of mind mapping and then moving into how to use that to, to outline and, and map out the book and all that stuff. So um, uh, we're going to wrap up in just a second. If you're listening or watching, you haven't grabbed a copy of the book, highly recommend it. Um, you've heard me mention it. This is my brand new book. It's called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page 
to 10,000 copies sold. Um, this is the second edition that just came out uh, in December. Um, you can grab the Audible version of that at published.com forward slash Audible. Um, I highly recommend that. Um, I, I read it <laughs> uh, and tried to make it fun. Um, so go to publish.com forward slash Audible, uh, grab a copy there. All right. Um, so Rachel, knowing what you know now, if you were to look back, what would be your, your, your kind of parting piece of advice for the Rachel from five or six years ago or how, however long ago it was before you wrote your first book and all the other Rachels who are out there who are thinking about writing their first book? I would just have a lot more confidence in myself. I would have a lot more belief in the outcome and in what I was doing because in the months leading up to launch were some of the most vulnerable and scary and I've never doubted myself more in my life. And I think that's how a lot of creators feel and <laughs> authors feel. Um, and I almost didn't do it. I, I quit writing money, honey, at one point and had no intention truly of ever picking it back up again. And thank goodness a friend of mine convinced me otherwise because oh. other, yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be sitting here talking yeah. to you right now. Yeah. Um, and at this point, I've sold almost 50,000 copies of my books. I can't think of how many emails I've received from people telling me that I've changed their lives, that they've paid off their student debt, or they're finally out of credit card debt, or they've invested in their first rental property. And it's not, it's not about the money anymore. It's the emails that I get or the messages I get. That is the most humbling and the most impactful thing that's come from writing the books is knowing that I'm impacting people. Um, it's just incredible. So, and it's all, it's truly, I'm not saying this, you all like to suck up to Chandler, but it's like truly because I read your book published. That's literally why I have these two successful books. So I, I am indebted to you and so, so grateful for you. So thank you for sharing your voice with the world as well. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Guys, books change lives. They change the lives of readers. They change the lives of authors in a full circle way. I mean, that kind of ties it all together, right? <laughs> that makes me so happy that I wrote the, the first version of this that's now the second version of this, right? And then that changed your life through your book. Your book has now changed the lives of at least 50,000 people, if not more through the ripple effect that that's had on um, so many people involved with those folks. And then just the circle can, now you're here inspiring other people to write and publish their books, which is just so cool. And so guys, if you're listening to this, uh, watching this, Rachel said, have more confidence in yourself. Keep going. It's not a matter of if it's going to get tough, but when it's going to get tough, because <laughs> it's going to get tough. And hopefully you have that person, that friend in your life, like Rachel did that says, Hey, you need to keep going um, with this. Uh, and, and, uh, and there's never going to be a perfect time to get started. You're going to have to get started before you're ready. So um, grab a copy of the book, read it, start, start with it. And, uh, and, uh, who knows, maybe a few years from now or a year from now, uh, you'll be on the podcast talking about your book, Rachel, this has been awesome. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you, your business, your books, all that good stuff? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So my Instagram is money, honey, Rachel. And what I would love to do for your readers, Chandler, is if anyone wants to download my passive income starter kit, I will give that for free. Cool. So you all can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com forward slash passive income to download that. Awesome. Guys, check it out. Uh, check out Rachel's books. 
Rachel and I are in, are in a race to 2000 reviews and that can make right now. Money Honey's like 1200 something published is 1200 something. We were just joking about that beforehand. So uh, Rachel, you're amazing. Thanks for inspiring me and so many others. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important in helping the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.